Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to City Church Online. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Drake, and I want to say happy Mother's Day. Everybody say it out loud. Happy Mother's Day. Say it in the chat. If you're at our church online platform or on Facebook, happy Mother's Day. Moms, you are awesome. We love you. We're grateful for you. Quite frankly, we literally would not be here without you, and so thank you so, so much. Hope that today is going to be an amazing day. You have some awesome things planned. We're here for you. We love you. We want to hear from you, and so take some time right now. Engage in the platform that you're on. Uh, Hit that digital connection card if you haven't already. I got a couple of things for you as we get into the service today. I just want to celebrate the Mother's Day free coffee and donuts at Dunkin' this week. Thanks to everyone who came out. We just wanted to love on you a little bit. Real quick, we have an update on our drive in movie. Unfortunately, with some te- technical difficulties, we had to reschedule uh, for this coming Friday on the 15th. So same time, same channel. Uh, just had to jump through some hoops to make it happen. And so we still want you to tune into that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have the Trolls World Tour movie, and it's going to be off the chain. So can't wait to see you guys there. Again, thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us today on Mother's Day. Excited for the conversation. Really, we're going to park on this big idea of love today, which I think is appropriate in light of the Mother's Day weekend theme we have going on because moms are so loving, right? It just makes sense. And so listen, I don't know where you're walking in on your spiritual journey. We've been in this series called Who Needs God? And it's been really, really helpful. And we've done some foundational work over the last three weeks. And if you missed the last three weeks, man, I would love for you to go back and catch those because those have been some critical, critical messages to what we're talking about today. And listen, I don't know where you're walking in on your spiritual journey. Uh, Maybe you have walked away from faith or you stayed away from faith. And maybe there's been some tension in your life of these irreconcilable ideas of of faith and science and religion and life experience. And and I just want to invite you today very simply to reconsider Christianity, that maybe uh, what you walked away from or what you stayed away from was a version that was not the original version that Jesus came to bring us. And there's this tension that we've been wrestling with for the last couple of weeks, and it's this tension between doubt and despair. And when we come to reconsider, if you will, Christianity, I think some of us, we walk away because of reasons that really don't have anything to actually do with Christianity. Um, and, and we've talked about some of those, but there's this tension here, if you will, of, of doubt on one end. We come up against uh, you know, ideas of God and religion and faith, and, and, and it just leaves us with some doubts. Like we ask some really good fact-based questions because you're smart and I'm smart, and so we ask good questions, and the problem is at some point we get met with like faith-based answers, and it kind of leaves us hanging and disappointed, and, and so then we, we, we are struggling in the arena of doubt, and so we walk away or stay away from that, but at the same time, we don't necessarily want to grav- gravitate all the way to the other side, like, okay, I'm not sure I'm ready to embrace the Jesus or God reality, but also I'm not sure I want to be an atheist, like that. that's kind of a hard place to be as well, like there's, there's 
no real meaning and no real value and I'm just biology and, and, and this kind of leaves us in, in a realm of despair, if you will, if we go all the way to the other end. Now, for the record, um, I'm not saying that all atheists live in a, a world of despair, okay? I'm not saying that. In fact, they probably wouldn't embrace it and acknowledge that and so I'm, I'm not trying to say that that's the reality but I think most of us, we land right here in the middle and we get stuck in the middle and we step away or stay away from one thing but we're really not trying to step into anything else what we're what we would be categorized today as a nun like a, a nun affiliated a non-affiliated like i don't really want to tag or a label because i'm not sure where i landed here's what i want to do no matter where you are but specifically if you're in that category i want to invite you to reconsider and one of the reasons is because I think churches have done a terrible job, and, and I'm a part of this, and so this is not throwing any hate at anybody, but uh, I think churches up to this point have done a horrible job of laying a good foundation for the conversations that we're having today. And so I just want to invite you to reconsider because maybe, just, just maybe, there's more than the version that you have been presented with. And so last couple of weeks, we've had some really cool stories coming in. I was talking to my buddy Dan the other day, and here's what he said uh, about the last couple of weeks. He said, man, listen, this has been really helpful, and, and we've been hitting on some good points that ha have scared people away from church, including me, all of my life. And I appreciate what Dan had to say. Like, we're addressing some things that, that are typically under rocks. We're not addressed, and they scare people away, and we're trying to bring those things to the light. So thank you, Dan, for the words of encouragement. Or, you know, maybe you were presented with some of the versions that we talked about, like Boyfriend God and, and uh, uh, Disney Plus God, these, these versions that are like the little G gods that get in the way of us actually knowing the big G God that, that um, Jesus came to introduce. Or, or maybe it was the tension of, of science and religion and that you were presented with the idea that they were irreconcilable, and, and hopefully over the last couple of weeks you've recognized that that is simply not the case, but specifically last week, and I want to pick up where we left off last week, last week I told you that Christianity does not exist because of the Bible any more than you exist because of your birth certificate. Everybody say, dang, Come on, I just need you to engage with me, okay? I hope this is helpful to you. Christianity, here's the good news, guys. From last week, Christianity does not rise and fall on the integrity of the entire Bible. Like, my faith does not rise and fall on my ability to defend everything in the entire Bible. It's way better than that. And, and I love Jesus. Like, he would do this a lot. He, he would have these conversations, and I don't know if you knew this, but Jesus was Jewish, and so um, he, he would roll around with other Jews, and, you know, they had the Old Testament is what we call it, but it was just their Jewish scriptures at the time, and he would be in crowds and around different people, his friends, family, and he would say, hey, 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 did you know, did you know our scriptures, like our Jewish scriptures, did you know that those are all about me? And people would look at Jesus like, Oh my goodness, like how arrogant do you have to be to say something like that? Like, oh my goodness. And then his friends were like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he just said that. And he was like, no, no, listen, like everything that you and I read growing up as little kids, like it's all pointing to me. And people were like, oh my goodness, this guy is crazy. And then they watched him and they watched him and then he had people start following him. And all of a sudden some things started lining up and they're like, oh man, like, Ah, maybe, maybe he is who he says he was. And, and they start putting some pieces together and watching it all line up. And then one day, bam, lights out. He was crucified. Game over. Everybody's like, oh, my goodness. Like, we were wrong. He was wrong. It was all wrong. It's, it's over. And you need to know this. Listen, th there were no Jesus followers 
after the crucifixion. Zero, none, zip, no Jesus followers. The day the people saw him die, there were no followers of Jesus. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And then, bam, everything started. Everything we know as the Christian faith today started right there. Everybody's like, oh my goodness, he was right. We lost faith. We're sorry. It was all about him. He was who he said he was. He did what he said he was going to do. This is amazing. This is mind-blowing. Here's why I'm telling you this. Because Christianity preceded the Bible. This whole thing started before there was ever a Bible. And so here's my point, is even if the entire Old Testament, for example, were to disappear, just vanish, like you were never able to get a hold of another copy for the rest of your life, that would not hurt Christianity in the least. Why? Because it began because Jesus rose from the dead. Check it out. People followed Jesus after the resurrection because, everybody say because, because of the resurrection. You see, guys, the evidence was overwhelming. There was, there was nothing religious about the faith of those followers of Jesus in the first century. It didn't begin because people believed something. It began because people saw something. They believed in the person that they saw. And you need to get this. Listen, I don't know what you've heard about the Christian faith and where you're tuning in today, but you need to hear me say this. You become a Christian through faith, but you should never become a Christian because of faith. Jesus never asked you and I or any of his followers to have faith in faith. He never said, man, you just, you just got to believe. No, man, there was overwhelming evidence. They saw him die. There was an empty tomb. They thought all hope was lost. And all of a sudden, a couple days later, they're having breakfast with their resurrected friend on the beach. You got to think about it, guys. Honestly, like how, how much faith does it take at that point if you're sitting on the beach having a fish sandwich with your friend who you saw die who's now alive? You're like, now that's a pretty easy Faith. You see, here's the deal. Listen, it's not near as fragile as you might have been presented with. You see, all of Christianity doesn't hang by the thread of some passage or some obscure miracle. It's way better than that. Otherwise, it would have never made it out of the first century. And that, my friends, is the intro to the message today. Everybody say, woo! Okay, here's the good news. I have a clock, and Daniel will turn the lights off on me if I don't hurry up. Okay, so tune in. Here's where we're going today. I had to build some foundation. Just as what Jesus said about himself turned out to be trustworthy, it turned out to be true, it turned out to be believable. In the same way, check it out, what Jesus said about God can be trusted. Does this make sense? Everybody say yes. I'm just waiting on you. Okay, very, very good. Listen, it's amazing. This is really helpful. The gospel writers, the historical eyewitness accounts of, of the life of Jesus, they wrote down what Jesus said about God. And so I don't know where you're tuning in, but if you're open to starting a new journey, if, if you're open to reconsidering your relationship with God, if you're open to reconsidering what you've been taught and, and your childhood faith that never grew up, if you're open to reconsidering, what I would recommend is start with Jesus and what he said about God. And it was awesome because Jesus would say, hey, listen, if you want a picture of God, just, just look at me and learn from me. 
And so let, let, me, let me transition here. In a second, we're going to go to the book of John. But John was one of Jesus, probably his best and closest friend. And uh, man, listen, John was a hardcore dude. He, he probably saw more bloodshed than any of us will ever see in our lifetime combined. He saw a lot of his friends uh, crucified or, or murdered because of their faith in Jesus. He probably lived long enough to see uh, Jerusalem uh, and the temple in particular burned to the ground. Um, for his faith in particular, he was burned alive in oil, and he didn't die, which is really unfortunate. And so because he didn't die, they exiled him to an island called Patmos where he would eventually die. And, and, and just a hard, hardcore dude and had a lot of suffering in his life. And he gave us a letter, some eyewitness accounts of what Jesus said about God. Check out this passage in John 14 of what Jesus said about God. They're sitting around a group of them uh, right before Jesus is going to be crucified, having a conversation. And Jesus said, hey, if you really know me, you will know, and I want you to catch the relational language, you will know my father as well. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And, and I think at this point, like they're probably thinking in the back of their minds, uh, uh, no, we haven't. And so then Philip speaks up, next verse, and, and says, uh, you know, we haven't seen him, so Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Like, it's just, man, listen, it sounds, Jesus, like, like you and God, like you're pretty tight. You have a, a pretty close-knit relationship. You guys spend a lot of time together. And so, like, if you could just, like, have him pop in for a moment, like, boop, you know, just show up, like, that would be enough for us. We just kind of need to, we need some evidence. We need, we need to see him. That would be really, really helpful. And watch what Jesus says next. He's, Jesus answered, and, and he said, anyone who has seen me, listen to this, this is crazy. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And I think some guys are like, oh, Jesus, you can't say that. The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Rather, rather it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. So here's the deal. If you want to know what God says, here's what Jesus is saying. If you want to know what God says, listen to me. Right? Verse 11, check this out. Next verse. He says this. He says, believe me when I say, and this, this is crazy, okay? Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least, check this out, believe on the evidence. Jesus is saying, listen, I know this is crazy. I know this is hard to believe. I know this is hard to wrap your minds around. And so even if you can't believe because I'm saying it, believe on the, everybody say this next word, evidence. Say it out loud. Evidence of the works themselves. This is what Jesus is saying. Check this out. He says, if you want to know what God says, listen to me. And if you want to know what God is up to, watch me. You're like, man, this is big. And so Jesus brings it back. I know this is heavy. I know it's hard to believe. But press into the evidence. You guys with me? Everybody say yes. Okay, tracking with me. Here we go. And so you might ask the question, what did Jesus say about God? That's where we're starting today. And, and if we could just, can we just back up for a moment? Can we erase everything we've ever heard as kids? I know this is really hard to do, but let's just pretend. Like right now, we could erase everything that we've ever heard about God as kids. We've, we could erase every experience, positive and negative. We could erase every news article, every, everything that has ever led to any kind of, of thought process about who God is. And we could erase all of that. 
and just sit down with Jesus for, for just a few minutes and like, all right, Jesus, listen, I'm going to give you one shot, okay? I'm going to give you one shot right now. What is God like? Here's what Jesus would say. Number one, he would say, first of all, God is spirit. Everybody say spirit. Ooh, listen, not like the crappy airline, okay? This is like better than that, but still hard to wrap your mind around, okay? God is spirit. And here's, uh, in John 4, Jesus was talking with this woman at the well. Uh, they were at a well. We don't know her name, so she's just called woman at the well. But she was a Samaritan, and there was some like racial tension between Jews and Samaritans at the time. And so they're having a conversation, a dialogue, if you will, about God, and they have some differing opinions between these two people groups. And, and Jesus is showing amazing compassion, by the way. Like, again, you want a picture of love, you want a picture of God, Jesus shows amazing compassion to this woman by engaging and valuing her in this moment. And as they have a dialogue about God, here's what Jesus says to her to describe God in verse 24. He says in John 4, 24, he says, God is, everybody say it, spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So what does that mean? Like, that's a, it's, a, it's a hard thing to get around. Listen, spirit, meaning, meaning spaceless, timeless, immaterial. And, and Jesus, coming from a Jewish background, he would understand, like, listen, the Jews have had this right, right? The Jews had a law that they couldn't have any kind of images, no, no idols, if you will, with faces, because they knew that God was immaterial. And, and so the Jews have had it right, if you will, and Jesus is the fulfillment up to this point. And, and honestly, if you think about it, this is exactly what us modern, like, smart people would assume God is like anyway, and, and you say, what do you mean? Listen, if, if you kind of trace back the whole conversation of, of how we got here today, there's the scientific conversation around this singularity, right? This, this moment in time, this singularity where everything was created, all time, space, and matter. We talked about this a few week, weeks ago. And there's this event and this moment where everything was created. And you need to know, listen, I don't know if you know this, but Christians have always believed that there is a first cause. Like, there is an uncaused cause. Like, for the singularity to happen, there is an uncreated creator. There is a necessary being behind all of that. And so you might, you know, kind of move past that conversation and say, hey, listen, like, why don't you tell me about the singularity? And you'd start the conversation with, well, it's got to be immaterial, right? It's, it's got to be spaceless because it was before space existed. It's got to be timeless because it was before time existed. It has, it has to be above and beyond all the laws of nature. And so we could say it's supranatural. Everybody say supranatural. Not supernatural because uh, that's when we all get freaked out, but supranatural meaning above and beyond all things that we know today. And, and so Jesus says, hey, let, let me simplify this. You're trying to understand what God is like. He said, God is spirit. And you're like, hmm, spirit, hmm, that's, that's great, Jesus. That's super, super helpful. The problem with spirit is it's spirit. Ooh. <laughs> you know, like, what do we do with that? And so Jesus said, I know, I know, that's hard, so let me give you another one. He said, also, God is Father. Everybody say Father, Father. And Louis Giglio said it this way, God is not the reflection of our earthly fathers, but rather the perfection of Father. And so one day a bunch of Jesus' followers are watching him pray. And, you know, they would pray every now and then. But when they're watching Jesus pray and they hear Jesus pray, I think they kind of looked at each other and they were like, ah, uh, I don't think we're doing it right. And so then they, then they asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, would you, would you teach us 
how to pray? And Jesus said, sure, I'd love to teach you how to pray. And here's what he said in verse uh, uh, 2 of, of Luke 11. He said to them, when you pray, say, everybody say it, Father, Father. So Jesus, he says, this, this is where you start. This is where all of it needs to start. This is the starting place for your relationship with God. Now, you need to hear this because I think some of us get bent in weird ways about this conversation. God is not male. Right, we just said he was spirit, okay? So he's not male. He, he doesn't, God doesn't have a gender, okay? God is spirit. And so in this conversation, Jesus recognizes that God is personal. And so he, he, here's what he does. He says, listen, guys, the best picture that I can give you, the best, the best picture that I can help you, you time, space, and matter creatures, you, you limited, finite beings, the best picture I can give you of God is the idea of Father, that's the best relational picture that exists to help you understand what God is like. And so here's my challenge for you. Tonight, when you, when you go to bed, you're laying at the ceiling because uh, you're all blue lighted out and you watch too much Netflix and you can't go to bed. When you're looking at the ceiling, you're watching the ceiling fan spin or whatever you're doing, I just want you to kind of in the back of your mind, maybe take just under your breath, don't do it too loud, but, but say it out loud. I just want you to just whisper the word, It is way. And then, okay, maybe God, that, that's it. I don't even know if you're out there, but, but that's all you get from me today. And, and just give it a shot. Just see. Just see what happens. And Jesus said, listen, you start there. That's enough. That's enough. Here's what this is saying to us. Jesus said, God is spirit, meaning he's far away and he's behind everything that we know. But he's also father. What that means is he's close. He's far away and he's close. Isn't that awesome? And the last thing that we're going to look at today is that God is love. Everybody say love. God is love. And as John, the guy we've been looking at, he's reflecting on all that he learned from Jesus and that all he saw in Jesus and all that Jesus talked about in his letter uh, to some other Christians in 1 John. He is he, thinking about and reflecting on and then, and then explaining what God is like. And here's what he says in verse 16. Check this out in John, uh, 1 John 4, verse 16. He says, so we have come to know. Now, again, Hear the relational terms that John has learned from Jesus about God. We have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. It's very personal. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God or, or makes his home with God and God makes his home in him. And right before Jesus was crucified, he's sitting around the room with these guys. We looked at a passage just a second ago. And in that same conversation, I think John here is reflecting on that conversation. And, and Jesus looks around the room and he's, Matthew, John, I, I, Peter, I, I know you guys probably aren't going to remember like most of what I've taught you. So if like you don't remember anything else, like at least write this down. Okay, don't forget it. He says, listen, the, the, the distinguishing mark, the thing that's going to stand out to the entire world about my followers more than anything else. It's not going to be what you know. It's not going to be what you memorize. It's not going to be what you do on a Sunday morning. It's going to be the way you love one another. Jesus said that is the distinguishing mark. And you might ask the question, like, why? Why is that the one big thing about a Jesus follower? Because it reflects the nature of God. And I think, man, you and I, are like, we're like, duh. 
Like we're smart, we're modern people, we get that. We're like, man, we gotta assume that, that, that God is love in the same way that we know this, that shade requires the sun. Everybody say shade. Everybody act like you know what I'm talking about even though you don't. Shade, okay? In the same way that shade requires the sun. Listen, you can have sun without shade, yes? You can, okay? But you cannot have shade without the sun, correct? In the same way, evil requires good. Let me say it another way. Goodness must necessarily pre-exist. Or let me say it another way. Love must necessarily pre-exist unlove. Everybody say unlove. I know that's driving you crazy because it's not grammatically correct, okay? Love must necessarily pre-exist unlove. In the same way, you can't have shade without the sun, and you can't have unlove without love. And John, who had seen extraordinary violence, extraordinary suffering, had seen incredibly hard things, concluded God is love. And you were like, what in the world? Where does that come from? Here's what that means. This requires, this means that God cannot be evil because goodness has to pre-exist. You see, there's this whole pantheon of gods that toyed with humanity. And you and I, we both know they don't exist because they can't. Because God cannot be evil. But again, you and I, we shouldn't be surprised by this, right? Like, because we're modern and we're smart and we understand, like, God in his essence, he, he kind of has to be love, right? Like, in the same way he kind of has to be spirit, like, this kind of makes sense. And, and here's the deal. I want you to think about it. You recognize evil and you recognize injustice because you know good and you know Justice. This makes sense? So, so for example, whenever you appeal to love, whenever you appeal to ought, whenever you say, oh, you, sh you should do something, you, are, you ought to do something, or whenever you appeal to justice, or whenever you appeal to doing what's right, like this is what's right, whenever you do that, you might not do it on purpose, but what happens is even by default, you are declaring the essence and existence of God by appealing to good. So what do you mean? Listen, when a person seeks shade, you know what they're doing? They are declaring the existence and the power of the sun. Not intentionally, but it's definitely happening. And every time you and I seek good, which we should, every time you and I lean into a sense of ought and a sense of justice, which we should, given the nature of, of the horrific events of racism in our country right now, we absolutely should raise our voices and lean into justice and love. But every time we do it, even if it's unintentional, us time and space and material-bound creatures, we are declaring the existence and the glory of God. And maybe you're sitting on the other side of this conversation and you say, Drake, and I, I wouldn't say I'm religious. I, wouldn't, I would not call myself a Christian. But man, I just think, I think God is, is love or like he's got to be loving. Listen, I, I don't know where you got that idea, but you need to understand. Hear me. No matter where you come at this conversation, no matter what angle you find yourself, if you lean even remotely to the idea that God should be love, that is a distinctly Christian teaching. That is a distinctly Jesus, because before Jesus, no one said that God was like that. 
And John says, listen, I've been with Jesus, and I've watched him, and he showed me, and he told me that God is love. And so that begs the question that we're going to deal with next week, and it's this. Why is there evil in the world if God is love? And it's a great question, and we're going to wrestle with it next week, so make sure you tune in. But a better question, maybe, is why do you know that there is evil in the world? Where does that come from? Why, why do you recognize that the world is broken? Why, why do you recognize that we're broken, that something is missing? Why do you know that, that we, we should do something? Why is, it, why is there even, listen, not even like what I think or what God thinks. Why is it that all of us have this tension on the inside of something we know we should be doing and we don't do it and we fall short of our own standards? Where, where does that come from? Why do I feel comfortable in the shade? It's because I know there's a sun. And so when we have the conversations about evil in the world or sin or brokenness or whatever you're comfortable calling it, listen, every time we're having those conversations, it's declaring the existence of the God that maybe you and I are struggling to believe exists. And so how do we respond to conversations like this? We say stuff like this, well, nobody's perfect, <laughs> right? We love that one. <laughs> And it's true, but nobody's perfect. Here's my question. Where, where did that come from? Where did that idea come from? How do you know what perfect is like? Here's the deal. Perfect love preceded all of us. And so you asked John the question, how can you live? How can you live in a world full of pain and terror and bloodshed and come to that conclusion? That's why you don't want to miss next week. But here's the deal. Today, I want you to consider, I want you to reconsider, if you will, for the first time, the God that Jesus presents. And it's the God that shows himself in this way, that he is spirit, that he is father, that he is love. Jesus said, God is spirit. He's behind everything that exists. And listen, I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss it because of a negative experience or a false version but he's behind everything. The God that Jesus wants to introduce us to, he says he's like a father. He's saying, I'm not far away. Like, man, you, you can just call me father. Just think of me as a perfect father. I'm there for you. I love you. And lastly, Jesus, man, I don't want you to miss out on the, on the God that Jesus pre presents who is love, who would say, listen, man, regardless of what you've seen, regardless of what you've experienced, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of the brokenness in and around you, I am the sunshine. I am the light of the world. I am love. And I love you. And so I don't know where you are today. But I want you to press in, man. Maybe, maybe what Jesus said about God can be trusted. And maybe for the first time today, you can strip away some of the baggage. You can strip away some of the barriers. And maybe today, you can move past the hurdle of, of having faith in faith. And you can embrace the reality that we're talking about faith in Jesus, trusting in Jesus. And maybe today, guys, I don't know where you are, but maybe today you're ready to start a relationship with the God that, that Jesus died and rose again to introduce you to. Maybe today, you're ready to say, 
And if that's you, friends, you can pray with me right now. In your own heart and mind, you can do it out loud. God can hear you no matter where you are, but you can say, Father, I believe that Jesus died and rose again to forgive me and to make me right with you. I trust in you today. And I want to know you and follow you. Friends, I want you to know with confidence, if, if you would cry out to God in a simple fashion like that, you could have confidence today of the relationship Jesus promised that he would make available through his death, burial, and resurrection. Maybe you're on the other side of this conversation and you're still processing all of this. Listen, let's talk about it. Fill out that digital connection card. Let us know and let's have some conversations. Let's keep digging in. Nothing's off the table. Maybe you need help. Maybe you want to help. Maybe you want to keep making a difference with us in our city. Let us know. Fill out that digital connection card. Let us know you're there so we can connect with you and empower you and connect you in community. Maybe you need community and you want to join a city group. And as things begin to change with our safe at home status, we can start to have community in different ways. And we want to help you stay connected and be encouraged. So use that connection card. Let us know. No matter where you are, we love you. We're here for you. And we want to hear from you. Let me pray for you, okay? God, thanks so much that you allow Jesus to help us understand what you're like. And it's so reassuring to think of you as behind everything and far away, but also really, really close. And that we can press into you because you are love. And would your love fill us? Maybe some of us for the first time today as we start a relationship with you. And for those of us that are followers of you, would your love fill us and overflow into the world around us so others can know the same love. It's in Jesus' name. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. See you soon.